Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. Sometimes it's just uh, nice to sit and um, have a moment. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much noise. There's just so much going on. And it feel good to be in his house today. Does it feel good? And I'm so thankful for moments like this, the markers that the church has created. Advent is not something you find in the scriptures. It's, it's created by us as humans, but we did it so we wouldn't forget. Like for thousands of years, we are prone to forget. And I'm not talking about the world. I'm not talking, mean, forget the world and forget what everybody's like, oh, it's, it is the season. It's not the season. It's not the holidays. It's Christmas. I mean, forget all that. Let's just talk about us. I forget so quickly when I look and I go, why are there bulbs out? I just put that strand up on the, on the gutters and then I'm all possessed by that and I'm not, it's so easy to not. In moments like this, so Advent was created as a way for us to, to remember. I encourage you to, to uh, look at our Advent reader that we have we're reading through something collectively together through the advent season we got a friday fast we're doing as a way to stop and just reflect and remember maybe you've never fasted before um, fasting is actually a lost art the early church think about this this is crazy the early church and when i say early church i'm talking about like the the apostles and the very first followers of jesus they fasted at least once a week if not twice a week sometimes twice a week they would they would fast they actually had in some of the early writings here's the days when we as the church will fast and we're like you got to be kidding me and so what we're trying to do during the season is say what if we just stopped and collectively just said not me not my desires but focus on jesus for just a moment it might be a meal, it might be the whole day. I don't know what it is for you, but come on. I, I ran into a 12-year-old today who was like, I, I forgot to eat breakfast. That counts. That counts as fasting. That counts. It doesn't count if you forgot. But I mean, have you, have you ever forgotten? Some of you are like, I've never, ever in my life, Brad, forgotten to eat. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, yeah, I never, never have forgotten. But it's just that it's that easy. If you got a Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 2. Thank you, worship team. Can we just love on our worship team? What a amazing job that they have done. I, I'm, I am just in, in awe all the time and hear over and over again about our worship team and uh, we are really spoiled and very blessed. So Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be today. If you don't have a Bible, maybe you're new to church, a couple of great apps you could download that I use myself. Um, Bible Hub and Uversion are two great apps. It's on Uversion that you find our Advent reading plan. So we're starting a new series today called Christmas Chaos. And, uh, that's just a that's that's just that's just what it is right now, isn't it? I mean, it's just crazy what's happening. But here's the thing about uh, chaos: it's not just reserved for the Christmas season. I just think it, it's the great reveal. What we are experiencing right now, the busyness, the stress, the, ah, I got to get this and this has to happen and this still is not done and that, all that's happened, it's just the great reveal is of what is actually happening 365 days out of the year. Amen? 
Oh, like three of you? Are you serious? Some of you are so overwhelmed, you're not even listening to me yet. You're like, I'm thinking already of the things, things I got to get. I mean, it's just, it's chaotic. It's, it's crazy. It's stressful. So, so what we're trying to do during this series is purposely look at how do we push back on all this chaos in, in our lives that happens every single day and, and how, how do we really embrace what the angel said, peace on earth? Like, is it really possible to have peace? So we're gonna be looking at uh, three specific practices during this series, simplicity, silence and solitude, and Sabbath. And this series is inspired by uh, this book. I wanna give credit to John Mark Comer and the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. This book has been so impactful for our staff and for our leadership team. We, our leaders and our staff went through this earlier this year and it absolutely radically changed so many of us. And he, John Mark Homer is a great voice in the church right now. And I would encourage you to get this book. I, I'm so passionate about this book that we have made copies of it available. So you can pick that up if you want out there in the lobby. Um, just it's right there out there in the middle and there's a little place where you can purchase it. I just encourage you, it's, it's a great book. To, to go through. So Luke chapter two, today I want to talk to you about simplicity. Simplicity. So if you're new to the scriptures, Luke was not a disciple, so he wasn't one of the 12, but he was a follower of Jesus. And so he went around and he asked for eyewitness accounts and, and he was a detailed guy. So it's one of the most detailed books that we have of the miracles, the teachings, different things that Jesus did. And this was what he wrote down the account of the birth of our Messiah, how it all started, which makes no sense if you read this story of how our Savior came into this world, but this is how it happened. If you, I, I think many times if I, if I doubt, is Jesus really the Son of God? I mean, is this, I, I, I have a, a friend of mine who is a um, devout, he's just a, in another religion, not Christianity. And he said, oh, this was just, a book that was manipulated by the Roman Catholic Church to control people. That's what he believes and, and he's taught in his faith and that's why he rejects the scriptures. And then I go to this story and I go, if you're gonna make up something and you're gonna manipulate something, would you really say this about the savior of the world? Wouldn't you make up something a little better, a little more pop to it than this? If I'm making stuff up, I'm not writing this because this here looks like there ain't no way this guy is the savior of the world, but this is what it says. I read out of the New Living Translation. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. So if you're new to church, we're about to read the Christmas story, affectionately known as the Christmas story. Anybody, show of hands, how many of you read the Christmas story at Christmas? On Christmas morning, you and your family open up the Bible, you read the Christmas story. I encourage you, make this a practice. I, this started in my family. I just remember being a little boy sitting on my grandpa's lap, King James Version. He's reading the Christmas story. I'm antsy because I want to open up gifts. I want to get my $6 million man and my evil Knievel stunt cycle opened up. But grandpa's got to read the Christmas story and he goes all the way through the shepherds. I'm like, how long is this? Can we, I already know, but I would just encourage you. This is a great practice. Um, and by the way, this is a great way to push back the chaos and remind ourselves, oh yeah, it's about Jesus. So it says, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census because Joseph, who was Jesus' dad, uh, he was a descendant of King David. He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea because that's David's ancient home. So he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, took with him Mary, 
to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. They grabbed an Uber and they were on their way. (laughs) While they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, just like a mama would do. And you mamas, come on, turn to, turn to somebody and uh, you know that's a mama. If you know they're a mama, turn and say, mama, we love you. Mama, we love you. We love you. We love you. Hopefully you did turn to a mom right now. There's probably some lady feeling really awkward. I'm not a mom. Why did you? I know. I love you. All right. He took with him Mary, now expecting a child. They were there. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger. <laughs> this, is, this is what's so crazy. Are you hearing this? I mean, are you hearing this stuff? This is our Savior. This is what we're trying to convince people. This is the Messiah. This is the one who came. This is the one who we follow, that we put our faith and our trust in. He was, uh, he was born in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Or if some of you can't hear it that way, there was no room at the inn. That's how we normally hear that. Let's talk about simplicity. God, thank you for the moments we have just to be in this house and, and just to worship you. We're so grateful. Grateful for your love. And in this moment, would you, would you come now and speak? We pray. Speak through your spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Anybody um, still feeling the after effects of, of Thanksgiving? Yes. The aftershock of the meal? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about uh, Thanksgiving, but the normal, normal rules of eating around the table do not apply at Thanksgiving, right? I mean, you just like, I, and I, I, this year, I don't know what happened. Wheels came off. I was an embarrassment to myself and my family, and I did not care because it was so good, and I just kept eating and kept eating. And at the end of that meal, if you're sitting around the table with people, I think it's a collective American thing that we do. We all collectively, you hear it around the table, people will say, whew, I'm stuffed. Which just simply means I'm ready for pie. (laughs) That's what that means, right? As Americans, though, uh, we, we, we love to stuff ourselves, don't we? And I'm not just talking about food. Like, we love to stuff stuff. Like, we have so much stuff, we don't have room for our, our stuff, right? We put stuff in our closets, but then our closets get full, so where do we go then? Our stuff goes to the, to the attic, the abyss of the attic, and then our attics get so full that we go, well, now i got to find another place, so it goes to the garage, but then your garage gets so full, you can't even park your car in your garage anymore, which is what it was made for. But what do we do then? We're like, well, ain't no room here. I'm going to buy a shed. <laughs> and you put your stuff outside of your house in the cold in a shed. Once the shed is, is all filled up, what do we do then? We go out and we pay someone to watch our stuff in these storage units. What are we doing? We don't even look at our stuff anymore. Hey, would you, I'm going to pay you. Would you look at my stuff for me? Because I'm not going to be able to get around to it. And if you could just, we pay people to watch stuff that we don't even know what the stuff is. If you wouldn't open up your storage unit right now, it'd be like Christmas morning, wouldn't it? Like, wow, I didn't know I had that. We just love stuff. I, I, I see this accentuated Black Friday, right? 
Everybody sees it on, on Black Friday. I don't get Black Friday. I never understood Black Friday, man. People going nuts, going crazy. And I, I got to have this. I got to have that. The, the decadence that is happening, the, the primal instinct of man coming out. I'm like, what is this? And then it happened to me. I have never, ever, ever, ever been sucked into Black Friday, but I was this year. I was going through the store uh, with my son who had come home for Thanksgiving and we had picked up a couple of things at the store and we were minding our own business, but then they, they had, um, they put out those pallets a little bit early. You know what I'm talking about? Where they wrap them in that saran wrap. They stick the signs on it. This will not ring up at the register. This will not ring up at the register. And, and you see all the different pallets of all the stuff that they're selling. And I'm just, I'm not kidding you. I'm walking by them. I'm like, that's stupid. Why people just, why are they wasting their money all that? And then I saw it. And I went, er, slippers. <laughs> I know. That's really kind of embarrassing to admit, but I am not making this up. I was like, slippers. These are the exact slippers. I've been every guy, every dad in this place knows what I'm talking about because every dad desires a good pair of slippers. Can I get an amen from the men? Amen. amen. Yeah, okay. That's, some of you young men, you'll grow up, you'll understand what we're talking about. That's why we wear those goofy looking old men's shoes because we like them. And so I saw them and I was like, those are the, and I'm like, these are, these are the ones I want. Oh my goodness, look at the Black Friday price. And I was like, I gotta have these. And my son's like, dad, are you serious? I'm like, I'm serious. I'm, I'm coming back, I'm getting these. He goes, dad, dad, I, you're gonna wait Weed through all of these people in the chaos, won't be able to find a parking space, get your little house slippers and wait in line for over an hour and a half for, let me just get them for you, dad. I'm like, ah, you're right, you're right, son, you're right, you're right. So Thanksgiving, I had my Thanksgiving meal. Black Friday came around, it was Black Friday morning. And I felt the pull. <laughs> These slippers were like, we're really comfortable. Come on, you know you wanna slip us on your feet. And I was looking down, I was like, man, these, I had these old ratty ones that I was like, oh, and those were like, you really do need a new pair. So um, I told my family, this is so sad, I told my family, hey, I'm gonna go get a couple things on the list that we need, because we needed a couple things off the list, and I'm like, I'm gonna head to the store, get the stuff that we need, when really, I really wanted to go and get the slippers. So I get in my truck, I drive to the store. It's now Black Friday afternoon, and there's plenty of parking, which isn't bad. I go in. I am not kidding you. I don't know what it is about the lure and the pool of stuff, especially when it's something that you want. But as I got to the door, I started walking faster because I thought somebody might have gotten them before I got there. I'm like, like there's like three people in the world that wear my big-sized foot. But I'm like, I better hope they're there. Hope they're there. And I, I, I was picking up my pace. I got back there to them, and they were there. And I was like, there you are. I've been waiting for you. And it was a Black Black Friday sale. They had marked them down even more. I was like, it was like the light of heaven came down. I must have these. And so I, I got them and I put them in my cart and I'm not kidding you, in that moment, I realized in that moment, I was right in the middle of preparing for this message. And I bought them. I bought them anyway, I bought them anyway. Because I, 
I, we, just, we just can't resist the lure of it. In fact, actually, to, to be honest, I sat there in that moment and, and I thought, this is ridiculous. That I'm fe- this is slippers. Why am I, why do I have this pole and I gotta have this thing? And so I, I said, I'm gonna put this to the test. I'm gonna walk, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna walk the aisles and I'm gonna see if any of these pallets will have a pole on me because I don't want anything. I really don't want anything else. That's all I wanted. But I was like, I'm going to put this to the test. And I did. So I began to walk the entire store at all the different pallets. And it's the weirdest thing. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I'd never experienced this before. But I was walking and I saw, I was like, Rubbermaid tubs for $7? And I picked it up and was considering buying it. We have more storage containers than we know what to do with. But I was like, these are new. And I was like, wow. This is real. And I, I put them back as I was like, I was thinking, honestly, thinking about this message. And I, I went on to the rest of the store. And then I, I rounded the corner and I saw it said, bed sheets, 15 bucks. Oh my, 15 bucks for bed sheets? Next thing I know, not making this up, I am diving into the bin trying to find king size sheets. And I'm looking, trying, I'm, I mean, I mean, think about my message anymore. I'm digging, I'm pulling, I'm shoving, moving people, getting people out of the way, trying to find. This lady comes up, she's five foot nothing, and she's like looking at me, and, and she said, what are you looking for? I'm, I'm looking for king size. And she's like, I'm looking for king size too. And I said, well, let's do this together. Let's do this together. I didn't even know this lady. Next thing I know, we can't find them. I lift up one of the pallets that weighs over 100 pounds. I'm pulling it up. She's diving in the bin below the pallet. (laughs) This is embarrassing. (laughs) What is this? Why do we do this? It's the pull of stuff. Like we just got, I just got to have more stuff. You You know what's crazy? I was reading an article in Business Weekly that said there was a shift that happened in our economy after World War I. I didn't know this, but it's, you can look it up if you want. After service, not now, put your phone down. <laughs> but they built all these you know, um, industries and things for the war, and they realized that they were, had mass production, could make things in mass production, and what they realized is people were gonna have everything they needed. They, they, they could get it out so quickly. Everybody in America was going to have everything they needed. Nobody was going to buy anything. Because what you may not know, and I didn't realize, is pre-World War I, we were a needs-based culture. People only, weird, people only bought what they needed. That's pre-World War I. Everything shifted after the war because they said people aren't going to buy stuff. So we've got to now shift from a needs-based to a desire and consumer-based culture. Marketers, industries, corporations, even the government backed this. And this is one of the quotes from somebody who was in on it. Check out this quote right here from Paul Mazur of Lehman Brothers. We must shift America from a needs to a desires culture. People must be trained to desire, to want new things, even before the old has been entirely consumed. We must shape a new mentality in America. Man's desires must overshadow his needs. And you know what? It worked. We are now spending, they say, upwards of 10 times what we did in 1945. 10 times 
What we did in 1950, by the way, some of you are like, yeah, but does that include inflation? It does. Includes inflation. I shared about a month ago about a recent survey and study they did where they found that they asked Americans how happy they were, and we are the unhappiest we've been in over 50 years. So we have more than we could ever want or desire, and we are unhappier than we've ever been in our lives. And that's where we get to this story of Jesus. Because I believe that Jesus invites us into a better way of living. A life that is marked by simplicity. That, that's what we see here in this story. Jesus' birth was marked by simplicity. It's, it's contentment right in the midst of chaos. Look, look with me at verse 7. She, being Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. This is the grand entry of the king of kings. Like no palace, no parade, no, no, no throne, no, no big uh, welcome party for him, no, no, no crown. Are you, are you, like Jesus, the promised Messiah, the one whom we call the son of God, savior of the world, born in a barn, like wrapped in strips of cloth and placed in a, in a feeding trough. Now, if, if, if most of us were honest and we thought about this, I think many times we look at this story and we kind of feel sorry for Jesus, at least I do. I feel, honestly, a sense of kind of embarrassment and, and shame. Like, are you kidding me? This is the way we brought the Savior of the world in? Is this, is this what we've done? But, but what if this was intentional? Like, what, what if God did this on purpose, and this was part of his plan. Because here's what we know about God. God never does anything by accident. Everything that God does is, is calculated. It's intentional. It has meaning. And I think God was making a statement right here at the birth of Jesus. And what God was saying is, I am more than enough. I am more than enough. I, I am all you need. You don't need any. Thing else. Encourage somebody next to you to tell them that Jesus is enough for you. Jesus is enough for you. Okay, now, 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 now let's make it real. Turn back to him again and say, okay, Jesus is enough for me too. Jesus is enough for me too. Like think, think, think about the promise. Okay, let's go back to before Jesus was born. Mary gets the angel comes and visits, tells her that she's gonna give birth to Jesus. And, and think about the promise here. We read this in Luke 132. This is what the angel said to Mary about the birth of Jesus. He's gonna be very great. He's gonna be called the son of the most high. The Lord God is going to give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He is going to reign over Israel, and his kingdom will never end. Where's the greatness? Because I'm looking at this story, and all I see is a barn. I mean, come on, where's, where's this throne that you talked about? Because all I'm seeing is a, is a manger. Where's this kingdom and where's the royal robe? Because all I'm seeing is strips of cloth. But listen to Mary's reaction before the birth of Jesus, after she received this announcement. Look what she says. 
And oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Now think about this for a moment. This is Mary. Israel is being occupied by Rome. She's surrounded by, and she's surrounded by and amongst the lure of Rome. Don't don't let that pass by you, that here she is, a lowly servant of the Lord, but but she is surrounded by Rome, the, the, the most advanced civilization anyone had known up to this point. You talk about commerce, you talk about advancements, you talk about innovation, you talk about money, you talk about power, you you talk about lavish lifestyles. Rome had it all, but for Mary, but for Mary, despite all that she saw around her, she said, you know what, the the, the barn, the, 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 the cloth, manger, good enough for me. Why? Because Jesus was enough for her. So that, that's the question I'd, I'd like for you to write down. Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? Now, I don't know how you're answering that question. I think I've already adequately answered that question for myself, but I have to be honest at times and say, I want him to be, but I'm not sure that he is because the... I often find myself craving Rome. The lure of Rome just pulls me in. It's the craziest ways that it happens. Laura and I, we've been married now for 38 years. 38 years we've been together. And when we first got married, we had nothing. Anybody got that story? You got the, we got nothing story. You tell your kids that. Oh, let me tell you how we started. Well, let me tell you, you want that? Let me tell you what we started with. I mean, we had, I, we, I told, said this before one time, and maybe you remember this. We, we had a 1980 VW Rabbit with a rusted out floorboard. You had to put a mat over the floor because during the, the, during the rainy season, the rain would hit in the ground and just pop, 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 hit you in the face. So you had to put a floor mat over it. We lived in a, in a small efficiency apartment, not even an apartment, people, an efficiency apartment. And in that apartment, we ate off of a card table that we borrowed from someone. We slept on her grandparents' roll-away bed that when we slept, we had to sleep back-to-back because you both rolled into the middle. We had a TV that her dad gave us, a 13-inch black and white TV. We had to turn it on first thing we did when we came into that apartment because it was a 13-inch TV that took 13 minutes to warm up because it had this thing called a tube in it. Some of y'all are like, what's that? Oh, it's a tube. Dad, what's a tube? What is it? Google it. 13 minutes. Fast forward 38 years. We got not one car, we got two cars. Now, they're, they're old, but they're mine, and they're paid for. We have a nice house that we live in, a beautiful home that, that we have. We have a king-size bed. I don't have just a one TV. I got four TVs. But you know, like when I was talking about walking around the store, looking at all the different pallets, can I tell you that I stopped in one specific place in that store? The electronics department. Because there was this beautiful, massive 72-inch TV. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Come on down. You just take communion early. You come on. I stopped. I I looked at that. Wow. That's amazing. 
amazing. It was like 400 bucks. Eric, you need to get down here to take communion. It's, it's the lure of Rome. And the lure of Rome will always tell you that Jesus isn't enough because you don't have enough. And, and if you just had fill in the blank, what's, what is it for you? Maybe, maybe if I just had that house, if I just had that car, if I, if I just had that outfit, if I just had those accessories, if I, if I just had those, those fancy eyelashes that the girls have all winded up onto their heads and they're blinkety, blinkety, blinkety. If I just had those. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. If you've got like those eyelashes, I apologize. That just, that just came, out of, came out of nowhere. Stephanie, do you do eyelashes like that in your place? I'm so sorry. I'm going to take communion now. I'm going to. Oh, my goodness. Oh, John Mark Comer, he, he, said, he says this. Human desire creates a restlessness in our soul. It's never satisfied because human desire is infinite and it can only be satisfied by an infinite God. See, see, Rome has come and gone. Nations have risen and fallen. Uh, TVs and, and, and new, new phones uh, become outdated. But go back to Luke 133 with me, will you? Luke 133, the angel said, he will reign over Israel what? Okay, let's try this again. Wow. Ooh. He will reign over Israel for, forever. His kingdom will what? Never end. Oh, that is some good news right there. Everything else has an end date, an expiration date. But when you put your faith and your trust in Jesus and you say, oh, you are enough, there is no expiration date. You don't need no warranty. You got Jesus. You got the cross. That's all the warranty you need. Everything you have is found in Jesus. All of my desires are met and satisfied in him. I don't need Rome. Oh, come on, say that with me. I don't need Rome. One more time. I don't need Rome. Turn to three people right now and say, you don't need Rome, you don't need Rome, you don't need Rome, you don't need Rome. We don't need it. I love this Mary. She, she didn't get caught up in all the lure of Rome and all the cravings of Rome. Man, she just, she's made room for Jesus. Our lives, my life is so full of stuff. There's literally no room at the end for Jesus. Like, there's no room at the end. Yeah, that's, that's my life. I think that the, the great sin of the church isn't denying Jesus, it's forgetting him. Because I've got my stuff. And so I, I'll, I'll sit with you, Jesus. Wow, when's the last time I sat with Jesus? When's the last time you sat with Jesus? Could it, could it 
be that that the, the lure of Rome is 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 cause that there's no room at the end for and you're like wow I, I'm not spending time with Jesus. What 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 is your let me say what is your pull to come to the house and worship compared to your pull to the things of this world and the lure of Rome? Could, could it be that there's for us that are Followers of Jesus, let's let's not talk about the world. We don't need to talk about the world and people that don't know Jesus. I'm talking about us that that know Jesus and and where he's getting literally pushed out of our lives. So how do we we kind of fight back? How how do we choose simplicity over stuff? I want to give you just real quick some, some quick, simple practices. You may want to write these down. And, and, and maybe these might help you. One or two of them or just one of them, you grab, I grab a hold of that one. And these, these are things in my own personal life, trial and error that I've found that work for me. One is our specific core practice of generous giving. What if you decided, I'm not just gonna give, but I'm gonna be a generous giver. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give to the church, but I'm also gonna give from my closet. Like I'm gonna give to the church. I, I find that one of the best ways to push back the lure of Rome is to get it out of my pocket and give it first to Jesus. And when I give it first to Jesus, I, I'm saying, you are more than enough. I'm not, everything I have is satisfied in you. I'm telling you, like, it, those of you that we talk about tithing, tithing is a practice of the church and we see it in scripture. It's not a mandate. It's not something you have to do this. But it, when we see it in scripture that if you ever wonder, am I generous? I, you ever wonder that? Like, am I, am I generous? I'm giving $40 a year to the church and I'm giving $40 a year to the March of Dimes. I'm giving $40 a year to, the, to breast cancer. Is, is, that, is that generous? I think that's a legitimate question, by the way. I think that's a really legitimate question. What I have found in my own life is 10% is a pretty good gauge to just figure out, am I a generous giver? And, and I, I believe for the study of scripture that what I see is, is that when, you, when you're given around 10%, you, you, you're, you, you are a generous Giver, and, and, and it kills that selfishness within me, and, and it's a way in which that I can say, you know what, you are more than enough. Because here, here's what I know. I want you to think for just a moment about what you make in a year, and then I, I want you to take 10% off of that. You got, you got how much money that is? It's probably a lot of money. It's probably more than you thought. 10% sounds great until you actually get the figure in your head. So I know what that is for us, and, and it's, oh, wow, okay, wow. But when I do that, what I'm doing is I'm saying, God, I'm going to give to you because Rome will not own me. This world will not own me. I don't need another Frappuccino. I don't need another shirt. And I don't have to have slippers or a 72-inch TV. I don't have to have those things. You want to give them to me, God? You want to make a way for me to have them? Then I'm all in on that. But I would rather be about your kingdom. I'd be rather be putting things in the, in, into your church so that your kingdom, can come, your kingdom can come and your will can be done. Maybe it's, maybe it's your closet. Maybe for some of you, you're like, Brad, I, I'm giving. I, I, I'm practicing. You know, those of you that are doing that, man, way to go. I'm, man, way to go. But maybe, maybe for you, it's the closet. <laughs> if you went home and you looked at your closet, this is me. Too many shoes. Too many shoes. Just bought these the other when we were gone. We stopped in New York City, and I went to Macy's, and I found these on sale because I like shoes. 
But how many pairs of shoes do you really need? How many shirts do you need? How many belts? How many, how many uh, rings, ladies, do you need? How many earrings? How many, I mean, just what do you, what, could you maybe give some stuff out of your, your closet? Here's, here's another thing you could do. I, I, this is something I didn't know as a movement. I, I think it should be shot down. I think it's of the devil, but it's called the no-buy year. Anybody ever heard of this? The no-buy year? Oh my goodness, this is an abomination. I don't think this should be happening. People are, and they're not even followers of Jesus. This is what is disturbing. So it must not be of God. <laughs> like these people, are, they're not even followers of Jesus and what they're doing is they're saying for an entire year, you don't buy anything. You only buy what you need, like groceries and necessities and things that you have to have to survive. But otherwise, you, some of y'all look at me, that ain't gonna be happening. I, I can't even wrap my head around that. I'm like, I do, I'm just saying, honestly, I don't know that I, if you do that, if you sign up for that, will you let me know? Because I want to I track you this year. I want to see how you're doing. I don't want to track you. I mean, I want to encourage you. I'm sorry. I want to <laughs> encourage you this year. Plus, I want to give you somebody to give to at the same time because there's somebody on the stage that needs a 72-inch TV. <laughs> Maybe it's not the no by year. Maybe it's the no by month. What if you just want a month and said, I'm not going not gonna to buy Laura and I are participating right now in this, um, it, we're going to be going to this seminar on how to uh, better be stewards of our finances, and we'll be doing that in January, and then they sent us the materials, and they sent us this little booklet, and we have to track our spending for 30 days, and it said everything, everything. I can tell you, this, this month, I'm going to be watching it, because somebody's going to be looking at that, I ain't going to see no Frappuccino on mine. I, I'm glad I bought those slippers in November. So maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's the no-buy week. I, I don't know. Let me give you one more, okay? One more. This is a simple one. Just look and listen. Look around, listen, and respond to the needs around you. I, I saw a Friday in our prayer requests that come in all the time, and it seems like a, a continual thing that happens. Somebody in there said, will you pray for me? I don't have a car, and I'm walking to work. What? Walking... I can tell you, no one in this congregation, no one in this, con in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, like where we live and, and, and the lifestyles, that we, no one in our congregation should be walking to work. I don't know how this passed by anybody, but it, but it shouldn't be. How did that pass by? How did we not respond to that? We got to respond to that, people. Like, and that may be you. Maybe you say, oh, I can buy a car for somebody. I can buy a use. We've had groups do that. We've had individuals do that. We put keys into people's hands so that they could get to work. People need to get to work. So maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you say, oh, wow, somebody needs a car. I can buy somebody a car. I have an extra car. They could borrow my car till they can afford a car. Or, or maybe you say, my core group, we can gather around. We can raise the money. You know what? I don't need that extra thing at Christmas. I'll throw in this much. We're going to get that person a car. How awesome would that be if I stood up here in a couple weeks and I said, we got somebody a car. It happens when we say, I choose simplicity. So John Mark Comer, he said this in his book. For a lot of people, things aren't things. They're identities. One of my most cherished possessions is my Jerry West autographed basketball. Now, if you don't know who Jerry West is, I'm gonna have to ask you to get up and leave this <laughs> place right now. 
Jerry West is one of the greatest NBA basketball players of all time. He's one of the greatest Lakers of all time. The NBA logo is Jerry West. And when I was a little kid in, in Visalia, California, he came to my grandparents' furniture store and did a grand opening for them, and he signed autographs, and he signed a basketball for me, and it says, best wishes, it says, Bradley, best wishes, Jerry West. And I've had that since I was seven years old. Thanksgiving morning. I'm downstairs and I'm walking through my, my, we've extended family that has come. Our niece has come with her kids. And as I'm walking through the living room, I look down and my niece's three-year-old has my Jerry West autographed basketball (laughs) playing with it on the floor. I'm like, who thought this was a good idea? (laughs) I look down and go, what are you doing? She's like, ball. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Uncle Brad's ball. So what do you think I did? I reached down, I pulled that ball right out of little girl's hands. That's my ball. And she started screaming, my ball, my ball. So I just looked back at her, no, my ball, my ball. I wish that weren't true. For a lot of people, Things aren't things. They're identities. So what is it that you can't live without? What what is the lure of Rome for you? I'd like for you to stand if you are able. So in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he wrote so many letters to a bunch of churches and the thing we see over and over in these letters that he wrote to these churches is he was content fascinating man. He was content. He said whether he had a lot or whether something was taken from him. Now, how did, how did he pull that off? How, how did he find contentment? It's because his identity wasn't in stuff. His identity was in Christ. In one of his letters, he says it this way, Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but, but Christ lives in me. We were never meant to find our identity in Rome. Every desire that you have is satisfied in Christ. That's the message of the manger. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.